The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Next, on the OHIO podcast, we talk headlines heading into the first week of spring practice. We give our thoughts on the seven Buckeyes who participated in the NFL Combine and Eric has an exclusive interview with Corey Johnson. And that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, recording live from beautiful, and I mean beautiful, North Central Ohio, where I'm joined with my, by my co-host, that is, Chris Wilds, the wild man from Marion, Ohio. Man, this last couple days have been absolutely gorgeous, Chris. Oh, yeah, it's been awesome out there. Let me tell you... <clears throat> Got a little bit of the allergy thing going on. For went, went straight from that COVID cold thing right into that allergy thing, you know. So uh, yeah, it, it has been. It's been really nice out there the last couple of days. Eric been out there, uh, you know, selling our cookies the last couple of days, which is a nice change because normally we're freezing our cookies off out there. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's been really great the last couple of days. Here we got a little rain coming tonight, but you know. Yeah, yep, yep. So what you're saying is it's been so cold that uh, you've got thin mint. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, all right, guys. I'm telling you what, uh, the jokes, the, the the dad jokes are just always, they get worse every, every show, don't they? If you're not satisfied with pickup games and unranked matches, chances are you're aiming higher than most. Aspire, you'll train to be the best. Whether you're drawn to the pool, track, mat, basketball court, or gaming controller, we provide the training you need to achieve your dream. Make our facilities your home and take advantage of free transportation services. Are you ready to unlock your potential? Visit AspireCleveland.com today. Uh, uh, reminder, uh, for those who maybe didn't hear our last show, uh, please keep Aaron Brown, our other co-host, in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, he's kind of been dark since last weekend. Um, not sure what's going on. He is uh, active military, Fort Hood, Texas. And with all the things that are going on overseas in Europe, um, we know that Aaron basically is not allowed to share with us what uh, he's involved in and what the plans are for him. All we know is that he said I uh, might not be able to record in the near future here, foreseeable future. And so that is true again today. 
So again, just uh, be uh, when you those who believe in prayer, uh, remember him and uh, our thoughts are with him. Chris, this week it begins Tuesday. Uh, yes, spring practice for the Buckeyes kicks off. Uh, they've got some recruits coming in this week. They've got the media. Uh, geared up and ready for at least at least one practice uh sounds like they're going to do a couple practice this week then they're going to go on spring break and when they come back for spring break it's going to be hot and heady heavy until the spring game uh kicks off i believe on saturday april 17th if i'm not mistaken and of course we will be there bells on that morning having a big celebration tailgate for uh, our listeners, you and I, uh, uh, Nick Delanitis will be there. We're hoping to get as many people as we possibly can to show up to tailgate with us before the spring gra- spring game. Going to have a big cookout breakfast and everything, Chris. Really looking forward to that. So with spring uh, spring bulk starting this week, we thought it would be a good idea to go over our headlines heading into spring practice. Chris, I have several written down. I'm excited to hear what you have written down. I'm going to go first here. My first headline heading into spring, Jim Jim Knowles installs his defense. I don't know if there's a bigger story out there, Chris, than Jim Knowles, our new defensive coordinator, trying to right the wrong that has been our defense the past couple years. Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. And, and Eric, a lot of what I've got to talk about today revolves around that defense at different levels, uh, you know, and, and just different takes. I mean, obviously, we got Knowles coming in, even though we hear it's going to be a 4-2-5, which is what we're used to seeing. His style of 4-2-5 is a whole lot different than what we've seen in the past. You know, he he tends to use those linebackers that go side to side more, cover cover more of that field. they got to be able to get from one side to the other. Is that going to leave a guy like a Tommy Eichenberg or a Cody Simon, you know, more a traditional linebacker out in the wind versus, say, a Steel Chambers or a Cade Stover, who's, you know, a little more agile, you know? So mm-hmm. you've also got, you know, <clears throat> we've come in the last few years, Zach Harrison. We hear always hear about Zach Harrison. He, you know, this is a guy coming in with a clean slate. He doesn't know Zach Harrison from Adam. Is it possible that maybe Zach, if he doesn't show out in the spring, you know, he may start that the top of that depth chart in the spring, but maybe some of these young guys get in. So, I mean, there's there's a lot to, to wonder about. The, the safeties, you know. What, what are we going to do with the safeties? I mean, obviously, if, if Proctor's healthy, you'd think he's back there, but who knows? Uh, how's Tanner, Tanner McAllister going to play? I, I mean, the defense itself, I think, is one big, huge question that we could spend an entire show just break it down by position group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we did spend one show actually talking actually about. Actually, we did, yes. Yeah, where we thought, you know, where we going into the spring, what the depth chart would look like. And we all came to the conclusion in that show that coming out of spring, going into summer camp, that that depth chart may look vastly different than what we're starting off with here. And you brought up the name Zach Harrison uh, as an example of that. Um, you know, will he be able to keep, you know, Jack Sawyer from being on the field more? You know, these, these type of questions. JTT, you know, he played a lot last year. This is actually yeah. JT's uh, first offseason with Ohio State. As you recall, he didn't join the team till July of last yes. year. So this is his first year to be in being in uh, body by Mickey program. Uh, Matt drills getting tough. I think we might see a completely different JTT. Uh, come come uh, 2022 season. But as far as the spring is concerned, I'm really looking for Jack Sawyer and JTT to kind of take that next step. Uh, the spring game's kind of hard to determine that because you can't really go after the quarterback and sack him. But uh, tell, tell that to Jack Sawyer. You know, he had himself a, <laughs> a few there last year, as I recall. Yeah, he got us all excited. And then when the season happened, he, he didn't play as much. But that had a lot to do, too, with who he was going up against on that offensive line. So, you know, there's always when you see ones versus ones, you know, that's more the realistic. Um, right. Big game in game type of scenario. But uh, that's my first headline is the Jim Knowles installing his defense and what that's going to look like. How about you? What is your headline? One of your uh, headlines heading into spring ball here. Well, let's talk a little bit about the running game 
is uh oh my gosh goodness i just justin fry there we go it is fry's the offensive line scheme going to improve mm-hmm. what was a good, but I think heavily criticized running game at times. Yes. Very good. Yeah. I actually have one of written down myself. The offensive line reestablishes their dominance in the running game. Um, you know, Ryan day has talked about um, the fact that the, the college game has changed and it's much more of a passing game but you still have to stay balanced with a running attack. Yes. I think there are times when Ryan Day has fallen in love with the pass too much. Let's go back to the 2020 Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern. And if you, as you recall, we were dominating in that, in that game and running the football. They could not stop us in the run, but yet Ryan Day consistently kept going to the pass until finally in the second half he just had to say, Okay, I, I'm. I guess I'm gonna have to let Trey Sermon go break Eddie George's record. Because he had and, a pretty good game, as I recall that that game. And he did, you know. So I, I, if there's one thing, one critique, one criticism, I have a Ryan Day. It is the fact that he loves the pass so much that I think they don't practice the running game enough. Now, was it scheme? Was it just toughness? Against Michigan, it sure seemed like it was both. Yeah. So I'm with you. I think it I think the running game is gonna be big time. Now we know Travion Henderson is an absolute star. Oh, absolutely. And if you give him il- any bit of daylight, the dude's gonna house it. So this offensive line, if they can get big and nasty and start making some holes for this guy, he's gonna be breaking all kinds of records this year, in my opinion, Chris. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. We have, uh, Eric, I truly believe we have three guys on this team right now who could be potential Heisman Trophy finalists this year. Obviously, we, we have Travion, we've got CJ, and I'm telling you, Jackson Smith and Jigbus coming mm-hmm. off that Rose Bowl performance opened a lot of eyes. God. He did more than open a lot of eyes. He became the next first round draft pick from Ohio State from the zone six room. I mean, he did. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's definitely going to be a first round draft pick unless something tragically happens this year. Um, Speaking of Jackson Smith, the Jigba, one of my headlines going into spring ball, who will establish himself as the second and third receivers in this offense. Now, we have all agreed that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be probably the number two. Yes. Number three, we kind of feel, could it possibly be Emeka Egbuka or Fleming, Julian Fleming? Like there might be a little bit of a um, a competition there, or it might be split, you know, 50-50. I don't know. Could there be someone else that steps up? I mean, Chris Olave put his, put his stamp of approval, approval on uh, Jalen Ballard. Yes saying he was the, one of the fastest guys on the team, and when he learns the, learns how to uh, the route tree, the guy's going to be unstoppable. So, I mean, it's not always the big names who you expect. So what if Ballard has himself an amazing spring, and next thing you know, he's that third guy, and he leapfrogs Emeka Buka, Julian Fleming. It, it could cause very interesting things, I think, in that room, because I just don't see Julian Fleming sticking around if he's not going to be a main cog in this offense next year, that's just my two cents, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, and that kind of ties into my next question. My next headline, I guess you'd say, who is the next big name to enter the transfer portal? Mm. And I'll tell you, I've got a couple of thoughts. Uh, Obviously, I think whoever doesn't win out at that number three position is definitely a candidate. Mm-hmm. On top of that, you know, we've heard a lot of great things about Devin Brown. Could he pressure Kyle McCord? Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, that transfer portal could could be an enemy to us again this uh, season, Eric. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Chris, I think we are seven or eight guys over. The- yeah. 
the roster limit right now. And of course, injuries always pay, play a big part of that. So if you have a a guy or two this spring get hurt or and you know going into next season, uh, that opens up roster spots for you, obviously, because you can gray shirt them. Um, yeah, you never know exactly who might go. I think there might be a a name or two on the offensive line who sees sees the writing on the wall um, that they're just not going to get a crack at the two deep. And well, so they might enter the transfer portal. And I'll tell you another one there that may be in the two deep, but may be upset about not being on that line. And that could be Harry Miller. Yeah. Harry Miller is yeah. a different kind of guy though. I mean, he is a 4.0. Uh, yes. He, he's really into his mission work and things. He's just a different type of person. I, I tend to think that Harry Miller is going to get plenty of playing time this year, even if he doesn't get back on the starting line. His value to this team is significant. He's a former five-star. He came in to be the heir apparent at, at center. Um, if he can't beat out uh, Whipler for that position this year, he does have experience at guard. Uh, can he maybe slide into there or become the backup guard at left or right guard? Uh, if he doesn't win and then be the backup center, I, I don't know. I mean, he did two years ago. Apparently, he still wasn't 100% then. If right. we get 100% of Harry Miller this year, he's 100% healthy, maybe he's a lot better than we even realize. And he actually becomes the starting center or one of the guards. I mean, having that uh, having that diversity in your game, I think, is very important, Chris. And it, it makes you very valuable. They'll find a way to get him in. But I'm a little worried with you. We might lose an offensive lineman if – you know, a cup, maybe one or two of them. Maybe it's one uh, a name that we're not expecting that you know was good, go, thought he should have been the starter and isn't. I don't know. The, that could be uh, that could be detrimental to the future because if there's one position you want a lot of depth, in, in my opinion, it's offensive line. Absolutely, absolutely. So what um, have you got, Eric? All right. So another one that I've got here, Chris, for you. And this is more of a big picture thing and one that I don't know that you or me or anybody else will be able to tell from just the media sitting in on one practice. But will the team focus on righting the wrong in the game? I feel like one of the things that Urban Meyer did incredibly well and Jim Trestle as well was the significance of the game. Ryan Day talks about the significance of the game, but does he understand the significance of the game? I think, Chris, he if he didn't before, he does now. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, you know, Ryan Day, if you look at Trestle, if you look at Urban, the game was bred into them. Yes. He's not necessarily an Ohio guy. He didn't come through Ohio State, you know, as a player or as a grad assistant at first. He didn't have those those deep roots into the game. So, yeah, while I think he may have. He may have, you know, psychologically understood it. He didn't, I think, necessarily understand just how deep the passion runs. Right. And I agree. I think you're right. I think that he learned, he learned that this last season after that loss. Can I give you an example of why I think he learned it? Absolutely. As we mentioned last week's show, uh, JJ McCarthy, the maybe starting quarterback for the team up North, possibly. No, no, whether he's the starting quarterback or not, but he's definitely the biggest idiot after making that comment. <laughs> he did make the comment that he knows nothing but beating Ohio state, which in and of itself is true since he's only been there one year. It didn't take Ryan day 24 hours before that thing was plastered in the woody already. Yeah. So that tells me that that loss last year stung him. And he is focusing on it big time. So I don't want him to to lose focus of the other 11 games. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is I want this team, and it sure sounds like they are, focused on the fact that they're going to right that wrong come game number 12 next year inside the shoe when that team from up north comes knocking down here 
and uh, and they're going to come in having won the previous uh, game against us for the first time in, in over a decade. That's going to be happening here. So they're obviously going to want to put two in a row, and we're obviously going to want to stop there from being a streak whatsoever. So this is going to be a big game for us, regardless of what happens in the first 11 for either team. That is that is one you circle and you say you absolutely cannot lose that football game. So that's where I'm at as a fan. I know that the majority of the fan base is there, and it sure sounds like Ryan Day understands that, and the team understands that, and that's uh, going to be one of their focuses uh, this spring as well. Chris, what else you got, my man? Well, I'll tell you, we, saw, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, and, and we saw it last season. Does the youth movement continue? Are we going to see more of what we saw this past year with these young guys getting in the game during significant earning significant minutes at key times in big games? Uh, you know, I think historically we didn't get a lot of that. We definitely saw a lot more of it last year, uh, specifically uh, JTT Sawyer, uh, you know, uh, Tyreek Williams. Uh, so. Are we going to continue to see that? And if so, who is the guy this year? Mm-hmm. You know, is it maybe a, a CJ Hicks getting a little bit of time? Is it Caden Curry? We've heard a lot of good things about Caden Curry. I know he's only a true freshman and there's a big depth chart in front of him, but you know, we saw it last year, like I said, with Sawyer and with uh, JTT. So is maybe he the guy getting in there a little bit this year? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's definitely uh, there's definitely opportunity there. They, you know, when a new guy comes in, steps in as a new coordinator or whatever, it, it almost there's kind of this feeling that he's going to wipe the slate clean and you have to start from scratch on earning your job back. And I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but it sure feels that way this year, yeah. especially on the defensive side of the ball, of course. Um, I'm just looking over on, on our depth chart that we put together a couple weeks ago. On defense, you've got one, two, three, four juniors and one, two sophomores that we have penciled in. So that is six out of your 11. So over half of your starting lineup there on defense are are juniors and sophomores talking about that uh, youth movement. Uh, The only seniors we have penciled in are Josh Proctor, Tanner McAllister, Cameron Brown, Zach Harrison, and Teron Vincent. And we've already talked about how Zach Harrison, if he's not careful, could lose that starting job to a a, a Jack Sawyer or a Caden Curry or someone like that. But then you also have a Teron Vincent. If he's not careful, Tyleek Williams could step in there. What Um, about big Michael Hall? Michael Hall, who's a redshirt freshman this year, who didn't get a lot of playing time last year, who obviously came in with a lot of hype. You got Ty Hamilton as a sophomore, the younger brother of uh, Tyrone Hamilton. So there's a lot of names there in that youth movement on the defensive side that you mentioned there, Chris. And according, of course, you also brought in the name of uh, C.J. Hicks. So uh, on the linebacker side of things, so it will be a true freshman. Gabe Powers, another true freshman. Yes. It's got a lot of name uh, uh, coming back with a lot of name uh, recognition as well. On the offensive side of things, obviously the offensive line, you don't tend to see that. We saw it last year at some of the you know other positions. For instance, uh, running back Travion Henderson, who was a freshman. Um, C.J. Stroud was a redshirt freshman. So on the offensive side of things, we have penciled in two juniors in Paris Johnson Jr. and Jackson Smith in the Jigba. Uh, two redshirt sophomores in Luke Whipler and C.J. Stroud. And then we have three true sophomores in Travion Henderson, Marvin Hen- Harrison Jr., and Emeka Egbuka penciled in as well. The only seniors on offense, Mitch Rossi at tight end, which, again, I would not be shocked if G. Scott gets that call or Joe Royer. Um, we also have on, on the offensive line of seniors, Matthew Jones and Dewan Jones, big Dewan Jones there. So the offense, although it's young, it's incredibly experienced. Yes. So, yeah, I, I'm very interested to see when we get into those games that we start to blow teams out, 
who is the real too deep at these positions. Yeah. That's a good one, Chris. I, I don't have any more. I've already gone through all my headlines. Do you have any more? Uh, no, I do have one, and that is what do we expect to see out of the tight end position this year? Not much. <laughs> because I'll tell you, yeah. you lose Jeremy Ruckert, who was just, you know, his production was down a little bit last year, uh, but I think that's because the production of the wide receivers was up so much. Yeah. But overall, everything he meant to that, that you know, that offense – you know, in the blocking game, uh, in the run game, in the pass game, we lost a lot of productivity there. And, and you look at the the guys we have. We have Rossi. We've got Royer. Uh, we've got uh, Scott. And, and I heard it put, you know, I think really well, Eric. And that was, we have three guys who make up a great tight end. Yeah, that's a really good way to put that. Yeah, but because each of them are very good at something, but none of them are really great at everything. Right. Well, I would not be shocked, given the talent that we have in the wide receiver room and the attempt to keep everybody happy. If you don't see a lot of four wide in the wide receiver game and in the passing game, especially if the offensive line does a good job and, and pass pro. You know, without without an additional tight end chipping in a lot, you know, which means Travion Henderson is going to have to learn how to be a better blocker. I thought he did a decent job as a freshman um, in the blocking game, but he was still a freshman. Now that he's got a year under his belt, usually you step up as a blocker much better. Um, We already know that Mayan Williams is very good in the blocking game as well. So. I think that that should be fine. They should be able to go four wide a lot and be okay and still run the football too. You know, that's the thing. Like it's, it seems like for Ohio State, when we weren't running the football well, when we were going four wide, we would go to 12 personnel, bring in two tight ends, and we still didn't run the ball very good. I think right. we were almost too predictable in a lot of ways, you know. So can we run the football out of the fo- the spread with four wide? If we can do that, man, it's going to be hard to stop this offense, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All That's right. all I've got, Eric. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, so you brought up Jeremy Rucker. He was one of seven guys who was in, in Indianapolis at the end of this past week for the NFL Combine. And we've got some numbers to go over, Chris. And here's how we're going yeah. to do this. I'm going to go name by name, and I'm going to give you what this player did in the combine, and then I want you to give me a stock up or stock down. Did they help themselves, or did they hurt themselves, or did or they didn't really do either? They're still the same. How about that? How's that sound? Sounds good. Let's start with Jeremy Rucker. Since he was kind of banged up, he didn't do a lot. Uh, the only thing he did was the bench press, and he did 19 reps on the bench. I did find it interesting he was the only one of the seven guys there who did the bench that was interesting to me uh i thought tyreek smith and haskell garrett and and the offensive linemen would would do that but they didn't so you know everybody was kind of little and and that could come back to bite them a little bit i think either that or if they come back on their pro day at ohio state and yeah they knock out a big number, then it might be different. But as of right now, Jeremy Rucker, did he help, hurt, or is he the same, his draft stock? Well, you know, I think right now he's probably the same. Uh, being that he cu- couldn't get out and run, wasn't able to do any of the jumps. Uh, you know, yeah, 19, not a bad number on the bench. Uh, but I think obviously that, that foot injury slowed him a little bit. And, uh, I think he's probably sitting right about where he, where we expected him to be. Okay. You think he's second round? I'm thinking more towards third. Third. Okay. Yeah. I think he's, I think if he has a really good pro day, he could be second round. So I'm going to say he hurt himself a little bit here because I, I, I think Jeremy Rucker is going to be a really good pro for many, many years. So 
I I still feel like he could get into that second round uh, area for me. So I'm going to say he hurt himself a little bit uh, by only doing the bench. Um, you want to go offense or defense first? Now that we got Ruckert out of the way. Oh, let's go offense. There's so many of them. All right. Uh, receivers or big guys? Oh, let's go big guys first. Big guys it is. Nicholas Petit Frere. He ran a 40-yard dash of 5.14, which I thought was really good for a big that's, guy. Yeah, that's good for a big guy. His vertical was 24 and a half inches, and his broad jump was 8 feet 7 inches. Those were the three things he can uh, participate in. Excuse me, participated in. Again, a 40 yard dash of 5.14 seconds, a vertical of 24 and a half inches, and a broad jump of eight feet, seven inches. Did he help, hurt, or stay the same, Chris? I think he might have helped himself a little bit. Uh, that that uh, 40, you know, for a big guy, not a bad time at all. Uh, the vertical I thought was very good. Uh, you know, I, I think he may have improved his stock. Somewhat. Uh, is he first round? I don't think so. I really don't. I think he's a solid second round pick, though. So I, I tend to agree. Now, there's a team picking at the end of the first round that needs themselves an offensive lineman. Actually, two of them. Could he sneak up and be a Bengal or a Ram? That's my question. Like, I feel like. He put in some really good numbers. I'm with you. I think he's definitely a solid two. But does someone like him enough to make him a first-day, first-round pick at the end of the first round? You know, Cincinnati likes to draft Ohio State guys. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, You know, and the only question is, does Mike Brown remember the lack of success here recently when he drafted other Ohio State linemen, specifically Billy Price, who just didn't perform when he he got down there. Yeah, uh, that's that's uh, it could hurt him. You're right. You know what? I I think he could possibly, if the Bengals want to take a flyer there, I think that it would not be a bad thing. You're you're top tier, and there's very few top tier, you know, early early in the first round type of tackles. Those guys are going to be gone way before they draft. Uh, yeah, I think. Possibly the Bengals, but I think second round is more likely. Okay, let's go to the other offensive lineman, Thayer Munford. He did a 40-yard dash of 5.39 seconds, a vertical of 22 inches, a broad jump of 8 feet 8 inches. Thayer Munford probably hurt himself by coming back this year and going to guard. I agree. I think if he would have went out last year in the NFL draft, he probably would have went somewhere between second and third round, where now I think you're probably looking at a third to fourth round, and giving those numbers, I think he stays the same. Yeah, I, I got him in a fourth round spot here, Erica. 5.39, not, not a great 40 time. The vertical, not great. You know, the weight at 3.28. Didn't show the, you know, he tried to play guard this year, just didn't show that athleticism that they want at the pro level in a guard. Uh, For me, yeah, I I think he probably hurt himself coming back. The combine probably didn't help him out very much, and I think he probably is a fourth rounder. Okay. Looking at the wide receivers now, obviously these are our, our big two here, and by the way, after you hear these, I have an interesting stat for everybody. Uh, Chris Olave first, a 40-yard dash of 4.39 seconds. Woo! This was after he was clocked at a 4.27 yes. or something crazy like that. 2.8, two I think it was. 2.8, yeah. but then they, they rechecked it and came back with a 3.9, which is still blazing, by the way. So very fast. He had a vertical of 32 inches and a broad jump of 10 feet, four inches. And when he ran his, his receiving routes, he was phenomenal. No drops. Hands are amazing. So soft. Um, Did he help hurt or stay the same, Chris? You know, I think he helped himself here. I think that, We've all thought, and I think most of the country thought, of Garrett Wilson as the speedster here. 
And I think Olave showed that he's got those wheels too. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows what a wonderful route runner he is, how great the hands are. I think that's that. And I'm not even sure if it was the actual 40 speed here or the one he was pre-clocked at. But he turned some heads. I think he improved himself. I think he is a mid-first rounder at this point. So I had him penciled in. A lot of people had him penciled in as around the 20, 20th pick. Yeah. Um, I think he I've helped himself. Earlier. He yeah, did. I think he helped himself here. Um, I'll tell you, interestingly enough, if I'm not mistaken, your Browns pick at, what, 15? And, and they will end up with an Ohio State receiver. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, it'll which be one, I don't know, but it'll, it'll be, be interesting which one might go there. You know, like yeah, it's mm, very interesting. So, any anyways, that's uh, that's something to look a uh, look at there is which one goes first and to who you know and who will be there when Cleveland picks. So let's talk about the other one, Garrett Wilson. His forty yard dash time also blazing four point three eight. So. Just 0.01 second uh, faster than Olave. His vertical, though, my gosh, yeah, 36 inches. A broad jump of 10 feet, 3 inches, and then he also did a 20-yard shuffle of 4.36 seconds. Garrett Wilson, help, hurt, or stay the same? I'm not so sure he helped him. So I expected him to be, honestly, a top 12 guy anyhow. So I don't know how much he he helped himself, but he definitely did not hurt himself. I'll I'll go that far. Uh, You know, great, great 40 time. Love the vertical. uh, The broad jump. And then, of course, you know, if you look at his other measurables, hands are a little bit larger than what Olave's are. He does have a wingspan that's about three inches wider. Uh, so I think that that does give him maybe just a little edge as far as going ahead of Olave. Uh, I I don't think he hurt himself, but I don't know how much he helped himself, considering I think he was already up in that early part of the first round. Okay. I, I think he's a top 10 pick. Yeah. If he slides to Cleveland, that is an absolute win for Cleveland. Um, I think he stayed the same. I still think he's a top 10 pick somewhere. If he slides out of the top 10, like I said, I'll be surprised. Cleveland should jump all over that. The Jets at uh, at number 10 are looking for a receiver. Uh, there's, there's rumors that Atlanta likes him at number 8. And if that's the case, he'll probably be the first receiver off the board, more than likely. So I don't think he falls past the Jets at, at 10, unless one of them absolutely falls in love with Olave, which very well could happen, Chris. I mean, the dude is the dude is my sixth grade dance shirt. I mean, it is smooth. So, you know, someone's going to want that dance shirt, Chris. I promise you. <laughs> there, there will be a trade involved, either a trade up or a trade down for somebody to move up to take one of these guys. Yeah. And there's a lot of good wide receivers in this class, by the way. So it's not like they're the only two. Like they, there was a lot of fast times and a lot of uh, big name receivers that were doing really yeah. well. Let's flip over the other side of the ball and start with Haskell Garrett. Uh, 40-yard dash time for Haskell the Rascal was 5.07 seconds. Not bad. He did have a vertical of 24 inches. Those were the two things Haskell did. Did he help hurt or stay the same? I think he probably stayed the same. Uh, I did listen to his interview a little bit. I do love his maturity. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be a great guy for teams to build around as far as he can be a grow into a leadership role in the, in the, the clubhouse, so to speak. But, uh, you know, I, he, he didn't hurt himself. I don't think he improved things overall. Uh, where do I see him? I late second, maybe early third. Mm, you're going that early with him, huh? I am. 
So I'm not going to lie. I think he hurt himself at the combine. You think? I did. I, I, I thought Haskell the Rascal Garrett was going to be a, a maybe a first day, if not a second day pick. And I don't know that he gets picked in the second day. He might have fallen to the fourth here. I hope I'm wrong. And we'll see how his pro day is and what some I was going to say, is there a lot of this based on what he didn't do as much as what yeah, he did? Yeah, he just – and what he did do wasn't – it didn't blow me away. It didn't blow anybody away, you know? Yeah. You, know, you kind of know what you're getting with Haskell, you know? He's a football player. He's a football junkie. He's going to give you 110%. I just don't know that his ceiling right now is anything beyond what we saw the past couple years, which was good. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't wasn't, you know – top 40, you know, 40, 50 picks of the NFL draft type of thing. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see what happens here for him. Um, I'm hoping for the best, but I think he may have hurt himself slightly. Hopefully he comes back and has a real good pro day or someone just falls in love with him and, and, and wants, wants him on their, on their team and they're willing to draft him in the third round, you know? Yeah. You um, know where I can see him landing? Honestly, Denver. Yeah. I could see Denver liking him. He is a West Coast guy, so I wouldn't be surprised if someone out on the West Coast nabs him up, you know, and kinds of find finds a place for him. Like someone like, you know, I don't know, like uh give him like the the Rams like find a way to get him in the fourth round as their first pick. Cause I don't know I don't know if you know or not. I think the Rams pretty much don't have a pick at all in like the first oh, no, three they, rounds or something. They they like mortgage that. the farm. Yeah, so they I don't know how much of the of the draft they'll be a player in, so maybe maybe that's their guy. Um one more player here, Chris. Tyreek Smith. 40 yard yeah, dash time. Yeah. 4.8 seconds. How about a that vertical? Vertical. 34 inches. Broad jump. 9 feet 9 inches. Uh, I can think I say he helped himself here? <laughs> yes, he did. This young man really, really helped his draft stock. He, you know, I think we knew he had the talent. We, you know, we saw him flash at times. I, the numbers that he put up, and you know, sometimes they, they say there are guys who are built for the combine, and maybe that's his case. But wow, the the numbers he put up absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, does have a nice long, you know, eighty one inch wing uh, wingspan. Uh, definitely has quickness off the edge. Has tremendous athleticism. You know, I, I see this guy. I think originally, I had him a little further back. This guy's a day two guy with these numbers. Yeah, he I, he might slide into the third. Yeah, I think he will. I think he I had him originally projected to the fourth, maybe the fifth round even. Yeah, I had him as a fifth rounder, and I think he might have just went, if not late third, at least at least early fourth. Now with those numbers, those are those are some really good numbers. Now he's not your perennial huge um, name guy coming off the edge here. Of course, in this draft, you got. The two guys from the team up north, you know, yeah. David Ojabu and uh, Aiden Hutchinson is kind of your big edge guys. And there are some other big names in this draft that are going to go early. These are guys who are going to go early in this draft. And if you're looking for depth at that position and, he, you know, you come to the third round, fourth round, and you see value in that pick. Tyreek Smith just made himself some money, Chris. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. That pay for the, the the third round is a whole lot better than that pay for the fifth round. Yep, that's right. Uh, in a few weeks, Chris, when the NFL draft rolls around, uh, I think it's about six, seven, eight weeks, somewhere around in that time period. Yeah. We'll be having our uh, NFL mock draft game again. Once again, we had a lot of fun doing that last few years where we make our predictions and get points based off of getting the, the right round, the right team, and the right pick number uh, for these guys. Um, a lot of fun. Gives us uh, extra uh, motivation to watch the draft, that is, and and participate in it. So we'll be doing that again as well. 
Um, also, uh, keep a, keep an eye out uh, on some other cool things that we're going to be doing. Like I said, we're going to have some flyers out there uh, very soon about our big uh, party there at the shoe for spring game. A nice little uh, tailgate in the morning. Uh, be a part of uh, celebrating of celebrating being a part of this family uh, here at the OHIO podcast. When we're going to take a quick commercial break, when we come back, I've got an awesome interview for all of you to check out. Corey Johnson, who runs our Twitter account, is going to be with me. We're going to talk about his fandom, how he became a fan of Ohio State, and some of the awesome stories he has uh, running the Twitter account. So hang tight, everybody. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. And I am now joined by a member of the OHIO Podcast, Corey Johnson, who runs our Twitter account. Corey, how are things going for you, my friend? It's going very well. How about you? Doing great. Doing great. Enjoying this uh, beautiful weather we got here in Ohio this weekend and uh, uh, hoping that this thing will stick around for spring ball. That's for sure. So, uh, Corey, uh, man, you've been running our Twitter account for us for the last couple of years and you're killing it, dude. Uh, (laughs) It's awesome, man. I last number, last time I looked, uh, we had like 2,300 followers on uh, Twitter and uh, a lot of our tweets were starting to get recognized and things. So uh, talk to us a little bit about what it's been like to run our Twitter account, how you got uh, these numbers up there, and maybe a story or two about some connections you made there on Twitter. Uh, so uh, I first of all, I'd like to say thank you to you for letting me do this, first of all. Um, real honor. But um, honestly, i just been – following people and tweeting things out. Uh, I've been uh, sitting there uh, doing the hashtags and stuff. And I made uh, one connection where I think it was with TJ Bob, Bob Bowling. I forget if that's his name. Oh, sorry yeah. if I, mm-hmm. if I butchers his name, sorry. Uh, he, he uh, liked one of our tweets and stuff and I messaged him and he, he's interested in coming on the podcast. So whenever you get a chance to do that, I get it get that going cool but uh yeah he um i've been talking with him and everything he's a pretty good guy and and whatnot uh so i have a couple i had a couple of players and coaches i uh, had like liked our tweets and stuff so that's pretty much how it's been going I'm, I'm enjoying i'm i'm enjoying it it's like a secondhand job for me but i love doing it yeah love, <laughs> it's i just love doing it funny how that when you when you get so involved i know on on the facebook side of things i've been running that and <clears throat> of course i've 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 talked to you about how disappointed i have been in the algorithms there at, at facebook we have <clears throat> six over 6800 followers and there are literally times where we will get under less than 100 people will see our post. And I, I just don't understand how that even is possible on Facebook. But um, Twitter's a little bit different. We seem seems like we get a little bit more play on Twitter than we do Facebook. So uh, I've kind of been floating over there a little bit, kind of watching what you're doing and, and taking a little bit more inventory of that and adding a few things here and there. But uh yeah, it's funny how that it can it can consume you a little bit when you get involved into it and making graphics and everything else. It uh, becomes almost like a second job, but it's more of a hobby for me. I kind of look at it like this is what I love to do. It's my contribution to Buckeye Nation and, and to the sport that I love and the team that I love so much. So let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> uh, the past year for Ohio State. Um, did they meet your expectations as a fan? Yes and no. Yes and no. Um, again, when I when I first came into the season, I'm like, all right, I could see us doing very well. And I was a little worried about CJ and everything. Um, they, I mean, the running game, I love Henderson and stuff. Uh, defense, oh, man, I was getting a little worried about the defense. Uh, but uh, the good, I'm just like, I'm surprised that we stuck with it. Day's doing a great job with this team. I mean, Great job. I'm happy with them. Uh, last podcast, you guys were talking about uh, paying the man. I agree. We need to pay the man. 
<laughs> he, he's been doing he's been doing great with us. I mean, I mean, we have not gotten to a national we have got to a national championship, but he has not won that yet. So I could probably see why he might want to sit there and be like, I want to win the national championship, then you could pay me. I could see that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're I like what he's doing. The team they they're looking good. Uh, so yeah. So you mentioned Ryan Day. <clears throat> I was going to ask you next about Ryan Day and your expectations of him and, how, and if he's if he's done that, but you already answered that one. So let's move on to maybe a little bit about your background with Ohio State. When did you become a fan of Ohio State uh, and kind of your relationship with the Buckeyes as far as your fandom is concerned? So the first time I ever watched Ohio State was the 2002 National Championship. Uh, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't really know much about football or anything. I was really young. I can't remember how old I was. But uh, the first game I ever watched was the national championship, and I just saw how good they were. And ever since then, I just fell in love with the Buckeyes. Uh, funny story, my mom told me if uh, if she knew how big of a Buckeye fan I was, she would have probably been a team up North fan, just to rub it in my face. But, uh, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she, she, uh, she came to the good side. So, um, yeah, I've been, I've been following the Buckeyes ever since I was little. I mean, I, if I could tell you a quick story, Go uh, for it. so Ezekiel Elliott is one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, I have, when he was with the Buckeyes, I had like, uh, his hair like him. So uh, I think it was one of the Rose Bowl games. I was sitting at sitting at a sports bar, and a guy came up to me and was like, "Hey, I thought you were uh, Zeke Elliott's little brother." And I just started laughing. <laughs> uh, I went to go get his autograph then when the next week after the game, and uh, I was in the mall and I'm walking around, and everybody's just staring at me. And a uh, guy stops me and said, "You know why everybody's staring at you, right?" And I'm like, "No, I don't." He's like. You look like a Zeke Elliott, and I just started laughing. I was like, I'm getting that a lot lately. <laughs> I've been, I've been getting that a lot. So, well, and, and you're a pretty, you're a pretty big guy. I know you lift out, uh, lift weights a, a lot, and work out a lot. So, I mean, that that adds to it. But uh, you did have a little bit of at least a, a coaching background in football with the the little guys, didn't you? Yes, uh, I used to coach uh, football. I was doing it uh, my, I started coaching my sophomore year of high school so i was doing that from sophomore year until probably oh i've been doing it for like nine years Uh so i did that for nine years and work got involved so i had to tone it down a little bit but yeah i i i was a head coach at one point i was calling offensive plays i love doing i love being around the kids helping the kids out and stuff so i just hope i can get back into it one day yeah, I, I love the picture. I think we actually have it on our website of you with some walking out to midfield with some little guys there for the coin flip. I love yeah. that picture. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so let's let's project head a little bit here. So what are your expectations for this team in 2022 now that Ryan Day has addressed the defense, at least on the coaching side of things, plus with all the talent we've got coming back on the offensive side of the ball? I expect high. I, I don't. I want not say high expectations just yet because I like to see what they do the first couple games. But I think that the sky is the limit for this team. Um, I can see us going back to the playoffs and being in the national championship. So I just I think we're gonna have some wrinkles with the defensive side only because new coach, uh, new scheme of everything. So. I think that we can we can do what we did before and get to a national championship and hopefully win it. Awesome. Your greatest Buckeye memory, man. Go for it. Oh, greatest Buckeye memory. Zeke running through the heart and soul of the <laughs> Alabama roll tie. <laughs> there it is, <laughs> my man. my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> I can watch that over and over. And I can – an honorable mention when uh, – when Braxton Miller hit that B button, that spin, spin move on uh, Virginia Tech, those are my two favorite ones. Yeah, I'm working on a top ten uh, like plays in OSU history, and both of those are going to be on there. They got to be. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I might go back a little further than you when you say 2002 is your first memory of a of Ohio State. I I I 
chuckled a little bit because I was already I was a sophomore in in, in college already. So <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit old talking to you, my man. Um, so, anyways, let's let's talk a little bit about um, this past season for you. I think, if I'm not mistaken, did you get to go to your first game in the shoe this past year? I yes, I went to two. I went to two games actually. I went to the first game against the shoe against Tulsa. Yeah, that was the first time being there. Loved it, the experience and everything. I can't wait to go back. Uh, it was very fun. I loved the atmosphere. Bands were great and everything. And uh, I actually went to my first ever Ohio State Michigan game. Mm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a, it, a little rough there. What, yeah, <laughs> in. In all honesty, even though we it wasn't the outcome that we were looking for, great atmosphere. I mean, I was in the snow, in the cold, and it was it was just a great atmosphere. And I, I mean, like I can say that I'm going to give Michigan a little credit. Their fans came out and they were loud. Yeah, they showed so, up. Yeah, so that's the only credit I'm giving them. There you go. So you're from Northeast Ohio, man. What's it like up there? Uh, I mean, I've been up there a little bit. We were up there in the, for our show. We did a live show in, in Parma. I, I mean, it feels like to me, I mean, it's not quite as crazy as it is in Central Ohio and Columbus. But, man, Northeast Ohio is definitely Buckeye country, isn't it? Oh, yeah, big time. I see a bunch of Ohio State stickers. I see a, whole, a lot of stuff on people's cars, houses, flags. Um, I mean, you walk, you walk in anywhere, you see someone wearing a Buckeye shirt. So it's, it's great. I mean, I love seeing, I love being around Buckeye nation and everything. Yeah. Um, real quick. I know, I know you reached, I think you reached out to me when I want I, I put a message out there. Gosh, this was a couple years ago, at least, at least two, if not three, I put a message out. Hey, I'm interested in finding someone to run, run our Twitter account. And that's when you and I made a connection. But when did you find us? Was it through Facebook? Was it just doing a search for podcasts? How did you find the OHIO podcast? So I was on another page and I was like, I need to find a podcast for Ohio State. I love Ohio State. I need, I want to listen to someone about Ohio State. So I put out, what is a good podcast to listen to for Ohio State? I mean, I can't remember who it was, but someone put out a couple got couple mentions and stuff, and one of them was the OHIO podcast. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me listen to this one. So I, I gave it a listen, and ever since then, I just fell in love with it. I mean, you're – Aaron's knowledge with everything. I love when he say facts. That's like the biggest thing <laughs> I look for when he says facts. Um, but you guys give great, you guys run down everything and I love it. Like other podcasts, they don't. And I just, I love the Buckeye leaves. You guys do the Buckeye leaves. That's like, it's very good. I, I'll sit there and uh, when you guys are doing, I'm giving mine out as well <laughs> in my head. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. This was your first year to uh, participate with us in our power rankings. Yeah. How did you feel that went? Were there times where you were frustrated with, with the fact that the power rankings didn't match your own? Or, I mean, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, what are we doing? But because you know, you're taking the average of everybody's power rankings and you're averaging together to get a collective um, score. But uh, what do you think of that, man? It was pretty neat. I mean, seeing everybody's different uh, inputs of where they put teams. I mean, it was a little frustrating at some points because I mean, the bottom half, you're like, uh, you don't know where to put these teams with the bottom half, <laughs> with the top half. You're like, all right, you could put this team, this team here. Then like, uh, one point, like you see like, uh, Penn state, they lost to, they lost to a unranked team, I believe. And I, you, they, you were like, all right, should you put them down or should you keep them where they're at? And then with Ohio state, uh, you keep Ohio State at one and keep them at two, and it was just, it was, it was a little frustrating. I had to yeah. like sit there at some times and think about, all right, is this correct? And I'll go in the line and look at other people's power rankings and see, um, a little bit of, if, can I go with that? Can I not go with that? Yeah, it, it was a little tough. Yeah, you I see mean, your guys is right, right. Fun. So it's it's interesting too because. You try to take bias out of it. So, like, for instance, you know, that's one of the reasons why I had Kevin, our Penn State fan, and Sean, our Michigan fan, 
um, join us this year in the power rankings is I want to make sure that if there is any bias that it gets it gets uh, moved out of the of the rankings. And yeah. for the first time, this was the first year that Ohio State didn't go, you know, from opening kick to final whistle through the season as being the number one team. And, you know, I got to tell you, it was kind of heartbreaking to watch uh, <laughs> Watch, you know, another team get put ahead of us in those power yeah. rankings, even though we're Buckeye fans. But you're right. It's it's really difficult to come up with the criteria that you're going to use. And, of course, I don't tell you guys, like, here's how you're going to come up with your power rankings. I let you guys use your own criteria to determine yep. 1 through 14 in your mind. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to take into account the results on the field. You know, so, like, for instance, you have, like, Illinois beating Nebraska. Then Nebraska beats – uh, Purdue, then Purdue beats Illinois. What are you going to do with that? Like, the, like <laughs> yeah, do you go with That's, the most recent win. I mean, do you, it's it's so difficult at times to come up with like who really is, you know, one through fourteen in in the Big Ten. You're right. The top half is usually much easier. That bottom half is just it's a quagmire. You have no idea who's yeah. who's who. But I was interested to get your take on that. You were also a part of our. Inaugural season in fantasy football, which I, I absolutely don't want to talk about that one. You, man. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. I will give you credit for this, man. You you are out there making moves and wanting to make trades, man. I love that about you. You're all the time sending me trade offers. <laughs> no, no, no. Now I wish I would have because Saquon Barkley is obviously, you know, uh, and of course, those who don't know, it's a keeper league too. So you get to keep four guys every off your roster every year. And I'm like, I can't keep Saquon Barkley over Najee Harris. I can't yeah. do it. I so. I listen to a lot of podcasts and look. I like. I'm like. I when fantasy football comes, I breed fantasy football. So like. When I, I, I would, I am not, not going to give you all my uh, inputs, but uh, let's just say I breed fantasy football when it comes. Well, Corey, don't worry about sharing secrets. I don't think they worked last year, pal. No, it didn't. <laughs> don't worry. I'm coming back for you. I'm coming there back. you go. There you go. I like it. I like it. It's, it's a lot of fun. And we've made some really good connections with people. And, of course, Corey's in the same division I am. We have it host, the host division. So all of us who uh, are uh, part of the uh, admins and everything on Facebook, Twitter, and the podcast. We're all in one division, and then we have a listeners division, and it, it's been a lot of fun. So um, we might might be expanding that possibly in the future yeah. if we can get some more people and some more leagues started up. Um, I got to ask you, Corey. I know it's beautiful outside. We want to get going, so I don't want to keep you around forever. Obviously, I'll, I'm going to have you back on the show this summer, though. Okay, man. I want to right. incorporate you back in the in the podcast more often. I know our schedules sometimes are difficult to to mix and match, but we're we're working on that. Last question, my man. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to you to be a Buckeye? What does it mean to me to be a Buckeye? Everything. Uh, honestly, I just love the tradition of everything, the madness of of everything. I, I, it's just like hard out there. It's like full of emotions. I just love being a Buckeye, the fans seeing, saying O-H-I-O around the, around the shoe, or you see someone out there, you say O-H, they say I-O back to you. I love the little rivalries we have. It's just like Buckeyes is just, we're the heart and soul of everything. I feel like we're the heart and soul of everything. So that's what Buckeye Nation means to me. I just love it. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, here's your chance to, to take us out here on the show, my man. Be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen, Ohio with all of your heart. And until next time, OH! I owe! Go Bucks! Oh, come, let's sing Ohio's praise and songs through while our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still summer's heat Oh, winter's cold, the seasons pass, the years will roll. Time.
time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship oh yo when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.